In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out the pit, back against the wall. Never quit, traversing through each obstacle. Show a non believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. And that come at us could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt, been tossed in the trash, but I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't. Looking back, maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's gonna be a crazy time, but it's gonna be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everyone. Summer is back along with the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your usual host here, Seth Woolcock, joined by my co-host, my brother from another mother, realtor, chef, fantasy analyst, Nathan Polvo. What's up tonight, Nate? Oh, man, just hanging out. Have a cool guest, Tarek Moody, I'm really excited about. I'm just excited. Stoked to be here. That's all I have to say. Absolutely. And below Nate, we also have his wonderful wife, his better half, mother, businesswoman, and just absolute animal in the fantasy football fandom here. Jen Pulvo. Jen, how you doing tonight? Kid in bed. Cats, I think, are in bed as well. Um, so how are you chilling out with us tonight? Good, good. The one cat who always makes an appearance is tempting fate here sitting at the end of the couch. But um, I, I think he'll be okay. He's been fed. He has treats. Uh, I think that's all he needs. Let's hope. Uh, well, I hope so, because we do have a very special guest here tonight, guys. ESPN analyst covering not only the NFL, not only the NBA, but the WNBA as well. Eric Moody. What's up, Moody? Hey, do, doing pretty good. I guess if I were doing any better, uh, I'd be a twin. You know, that, I'll, I'll go with that for tonight. <laughs> no, thanks. <are, laughs> you know, thanks. You know things things are great. It's uh it, you know it's a busy time of the year. I know we're on the precipice of uh you know NFL fantasy football. Summer's always wild and crazy, but then we got the NBA finals that are starting tomorrow, mm-hmm. Celtics and Warriors, and in the midst of WNBA season, things are busy and great, but I'm living the dream. Love it. Awesome. Eric, what is a normal uh, workday like for you right now? Like you said, you know, it's kind of the slow time for NFL. Um, We have a little bit of OTAs discussion, but outside of that, it really is the time for the NBA and WNBA to shine as well. So so what's your normal workday look like? Yeah, I, I, typically my, my workday revolves around, I guess, which which sports or sports or what sport or sports are in season. So for for me right now, it's really a lot with the uh, with the NBA, you know, and the WNBA. It's still some NFL and fantasy football things that are going on. But typically I'll spend a lot of time kind of analyzing the landscape from like a betting lens and a fantasy sports lens, you know, of those uh, three sports. And, you know, I'm, I'm an early riser, you know, love my coffee in the morning, you know, kind of wake up, you know, check news, uh, yeah. watch a lot of film, you know, as well. I try to watch at least every single game. I may not watch every single one live, but usually the day after I'll try to, uh, I'll try to watch, you know, all the games and just kind of look at stats, you know, research, Twitter, social media, you know, all that stuff rammed into one, but you may have one of those times where some news breaks and then a, a curveball gets thrown at me before I've got to stop what I'm doing, address that news and then move back to it. So always fast paced, a lot of action, a lot of things going on. So it's always good. What time yeah, do you start your day? Yeah, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm an early riser. So I love my love my coffee in the morning. I usually wake up uh, between like four and five. Like, yeah. wow. oh yeah. what we have a kid and we don't wake up that me. early. Yeah. And I, I've got to two, stay in bed. I've got and I've got two kiddos too. I got a 10 year old and I've got a uh, six year old. But I just there always been like a, a morning person. So I like to kind of, you know, get up, you know, if it's certain columns that I'm writing you know, to be able to conduct some research and put those columns together. Cause you know, I've got things that I do at ESPN for uh, like WNBA. It's a, a daily column that, uh, that Andre and I will do for where we'll, we'll take turns, uh, you know, each day on that column, unless it's like a huge slate with like four games, we'll split it. But, you know, I'm giving betting recommendations uh, in that column, as well as like a, a breakdown and preview of each game and kind of weave in some fantasy nuggets there. And it's also fantasy football articles to do, you know, NBA, 
you know, fantasy uh, basketball articles as well as betting picks. Now that we've got just one series and one game, pretty much every other night is a lot easier. But just imagine if we're back at the beginning of the playoffs where you've got games like every single day. So it's always busy and action-packed. But I am excited, though, to kind of close the loop on this as for where uh, we're going to start cranking out some uh, fantasy football content with our uh, summer game plan at ESPN. So I know I've got some articles I'm putting together there. So always fast-paced kind of covering those three sports. Yeah, Yeah. life is busy for Eric Moody is what he's saying. Even a little less than 100 days till kickoff, guys. Rams and Bills, it's going to be glorious. I cannot wait to get there. But until then, guys, we do have a loaded, jam-packed show for you. We're going to do our off-season session with Eric, learn more about him, how he ended up at ESPN, and all the trials and tribulations in between. And we're also going to throw it back. We're going to do our back in the day segment. We're going to talk to Eric about some fantasy historical trends and how they apply to 2022. We're going to talk a little bit about Brees Hall, who's the next emerging QB we should have on our fantasy rosters. Then we're going to round it out with some throwback pop culture discussion as well. And guys, speaking of pop culture, Eric, have you seen the new Top Gun? Because everyone is raving about this movie. Yeah, I've, I've heard really good things about it. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I am excited to uh, to see it. You know, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I'll, I'll do tweet a lot of uh, like 80s and 90s uh, nostalgia. And so you, you, you couldn't have lived through that decade w- without loving that movie. So I am excited about uh, Top Gun Maverick. So I will tell you, no, no spoilers, please, if any of you have seen it. <laughs> I will say I will say there are gladly no spoilers here because Jen and Nate have not even watched the first Top Gun. What? Wow. Yeah, it's something that kind of bonded us when we first met. I mean, amongst the other millions of things, but um, the fact that neither one of us have seen the original Top Gun just is crazy. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but Seth, you've seen the original Top Gun. I've seen it, but it was like late 2000. So it's probably been about 10, 12 years. So I could definitely, if I go to see the new one, I'm definitely having a, having a refresher. I just remember Tom Cruise, man. I mean, dude is absolutely a badass in everything he does. Like, how is that man still alive with all the stunts he does, like, by himself? Yeah. It's unheard of. He is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, Jen, it's not too late. It's not too late. You guys can. (laughs) I I added it to the list in Netflix because I was like, Nate, we're doing this. We're going to watch this. We're going to do it. And we started it and I don't even know what happened. And um, who knows? It's it's still in the queue, still in the queue, because I mean, we're huge movie fans. I worked in the movie industry. So like it's it's part of my makeup. So (laughs) I want to see the new Top Gun, but I feel like i really should see the first original top gun first yeah yes yeah well guys gary saw it he said he watched it last night i think he was referring to the original top gun and then uh, we got brad in the chat as well always thankful for all the ibt family members tuning in to each episode again the easiest way you can support us here at in between media give us a subscribe uh button click on youtube that is really the simplest way um, and it goes a long way, so we do appreciate it. But guys, let's go ahead and jump into our off-season session here. All right. So, Eric, I want to start at the very beginning, man. Can you tell us where okay. you grew up and what your childhood was like, man? Yeah, no, I could do that. So I, I grew up in uh, in Alabama, in uh, Mobile, so uh, you know the home of the Senior Bowl. So I just remember growing up, going yes, to the sir. Senior Bowl pretty much like every every year. Just something, you know, something that you could do. Uh, so it was it was it was intriguing to see kind of how the Senior Bowl. I kind of grew like over time to where it's at now. So I have fond memories of going to uh, going to that game. So with Mobile, it's a um, fairly small town, but it's grown quite a bit. I think it's a little bit under 200,000 people there now. But, uh, you know, just like everyone else out there, kind of grew up in the, uh, you know, in the burbs, you know, neighborhood friends. Uh, it, it was different because you have a, a lot of folks you know, neighbors that, you know, you grew up with. So it wasn't like every two or three years you'd have new neighbors. So it was like the same families, you know, I oh, wow. grew up with. And it was like a melting pot too. Cause, um, you know, I had, um, you know, neighbors that were, uh, you know, Korean, you know, from, um, I had neighbors that were, uh, you know, from China wow. neighbors that were from the middle East. Uh, so it was really like a big, huge melting pot. And so, you know, it, it was, 
you know, this was the time before, obviously, like iPads and, and all that kind of stuff. We had, you know, Nintendo, of course, but it just spent a lot of time outside, especially during the summers, you know, playing sports, you know, running around. Didn't have, uh, had some woods that were uh, kind of near the house. So spent a lot of time outdoors, you know, climbing trees, you know, putting together a homemade slingshot, you know, all those things that, that, that kids <laughs> yeah. do uh, that kind of grew up during that, uh, during that era. And, um, you know, went to went to grade school. You know, high school. Uh, went to Catholic school actually. My uh, pretty much my entire life, like from grade school all the way up until high school. Very active in sports. Uh, played basketball actually. Uh, growing up, that was the first sport I played. I didn't play football until I was in high school. Wow! No surprises way. a lot of people. Wow! So, some huge, huge basketball fan. Uh, that's why I'm excited to be able to uh, to write about fantasy basketball and sports betting. That was my kind of my first. Uh, kind of love affair i guess with uh with sports so that's kind of some some things on, on growing up is there any other areas i should hit on guide me here people guide me. <laughs> no, no i th- I, th- I mean we can relate to i mean nate yeah. and i do talk about like what did we do when we were kids because mm-hmm. i mean we had the atari and yeah. nintendo and it's like did mm-hmm. we were we honestly just outside all the time because i don't remember a childhood of really being yeah. indoors and i mean in colorado obviously we're limited with the weather but it's like yeah. our parents would put us in snowsuits and toss us outside to make igloos so like yeah. i identify with with that as as a childhood of entertaining ourselves and using our own imaginations to mm-hmm. um we had we had woods like this i mean kind of woods prairie field thing behind our house and yeah um we would do the same thing so i feel like we can relate and nate well, we, your we, catholic i went to catholic school to catholic school didn't you me no <laughs> I, I so i got a i got an athletic scholarship to a local catholic high school mm-hmm. in eighth grade full ride and i decided to go to public school instead because i just in I what like, sport uh basketball baseball and volleyball. So, and I chose to go to a public school. Mm-hmm. Mistakes were made. <laughs> I'll put it that way. <laughs> but like, like that. <laughs> but I, aside from the Catholic schooling, Jen and I both grew up in those neighborhoods where they didn't change. Like most of those families still live in those neighborhoods. My parents still live in the same neighborhood and all of the like families are still there. There's been almost no turnover. And that's so rare these days. Yeah. Now you hit on some good points that kind of made me think about you know you play outside all day, mm-hmm. the sun goes down you come in that was kind of the rule. Uh, de- definitely different now you know today like with uh you know with young kids and everything but you know you come in you know you play Nintendo like all night you get up off of four yeah. or five hours of sleep and you get up and uh, you know you kind of do it again. Uh, what kind of segue like in the in the high school and college and kind of get me up to adult Eric so. Uh, played basketball, of course. I didn't play football until uh, like until high school. And I will tell you, scared my mom to death. She's like, you're going to play football? You're going to do what? You're going to play football? Never played football in my life. Just kind of like a, a big uh, kind of overweight kid at the time. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So I get out there, and it, 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 it was tough. That first practice, all those pads and the heat, oh, yeah. you know, the humidity. Mm. I was I was gassed, but I kept with it. You know, I didn't quit. So you kind of learn about how to deal with adversity and how to uh, how to kind of thrive in it. And so that's one lesson that it uh, that it taught me because you know I was able to keep playing and um, discovered what I needed to do to get better, and ultimately ended up getting a um, like a sports scholarship for football to uh, Nickel State University. You can see the uh, the helmet, you know, behind me mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, played, you know, played college ball and, uh, you know, finished up at nickel state and kind of into the uh, professional life there. I think you probably have a question about that. So I'll hit pause there. I'm gonna go back <laughs> to you, Seth. You keep guiding me, my yeah, friend, guide me. Absolutely. Here. No, I mean, it's impressive, Eric, to be able to play, you know, only a couple of years of high school ball and then go into the, go into the collegiate ranks. We've seen that a lot yeah. here, you know, in the last few years, kids kind of getting involved later in life yeah. um, and really excelling in it. But what was that like playing, I think offensive line at nickel state, if I am correct, yeah. what was that like playing it down there, um, down in the South of, of Louisiana? Yeah, it, it was different going uh, to the college level. Cause you know, you have the, the talent level is definitely a big jump, you know, from going to yeah. high school to college. And so, you know, everyone was pretty athletic, you know, everyone was strong. Everyone had different kind of 
uh, you know, skill sets. And so it, it, it was definitely a struggle. Uh, it was definitely a struggle making uh, making that transition. I say the things that I remember the most, just some of those friendships that you uh, develop, yeah. you know, because you're in the trenches, you know, you're going to, you know, you're doing three practices a day. You know, we didn't do two a days, so we did three practices a day. <laughs> and uh, kind of going through that grind, you know, going to study hall, you know, going to, uh, you know, early morning workouts and, and so that's probably the memory that I have the most is just kind of grinding, you know, with that group of uh, you know young men, you know, at that time, and uh, you know just trying to get better and you know just come together uh, as a team. But I w- I'll be transparent here and not ashamed to say this: it's like definitely didn't have as much success like on the college level as I did like in in high school. Because mm-hmm. one thing for me personally, like my my footwork was like was was terrible. You know, people talk about the kick slide and all these steps yeah. and stuff like that. My footwork was terrible. And it's probably got worse whenever they moved me to uh, – because I played uh, tackle in college and I played okay. uh, in high school. I played guard. And so cool. that really kind of – having being out there on that island, it was really tough because it was more about kind of finesse and footwork, not necessarily all about kind of brute, you know, strength uh, strength as well. So, so again, I'll be – I'll be transparent there. Not afraid to be vulnerable. <laughs> hey, that's part of the experience, man. And like part yeah. of it is just being out there with your guys, building those relationships. It's like yeah. you're out there on the line about to take off on some wind sprints. You look to the left, you look mm-hmm. to the right. Those guys are all going through the same shit, feeling the same way you are. So, I mean, those are probably some lifelong friendships you can build and probably just a cool overall time to be involved with the football team and have yeah. that, you know, just totally group mentality there in the locker room in and outside of it. Yeah, it's um just with some of the, the life lessons, I would say. That's why I encourage, you know, whether it's football or basketball, I think it helps for whether uh, all kids, you know, to, to play sports because you kind of learn those things. So it taught me that, you know, for one, like adversity, you know, how to deal with that adversity, you know, what you can do to overcome it, you know, ultimately to, to thrive in it. Um, but also just with building like relationships and everything, too. Uh, you know, again, with teammates, you know, kind of once you go through something together, it kind of builds that that lifelong bond. And so uh, it re- all those skills really translated well uh, to my professional life, because, you know, if there's kind of things are, are crazy, like at a job where you're having all these deadlines, you're having this to do. It's just like this is just like two or two or days or three days. It's yeah. just hey, just focus one thing at a time, you know, get it done, you know, move on uh, to the next thing. So, you know, again, a lot of life lessons to learn in sports. Do they? Yeah accept you quite quickly at the college level as an incoming freshman or is there a level of like you need to prove yourself to be part of this team or is it like all the freshmen kind of band together because that was kind of my experience I played lacrosse in college yeah so it was like okay we're all new girls here so we'll be (laughs) friends together and then we have to prove ourselves to you know the rest of the team yeah, no, it, it was like that because the freshmen, you know, you get there a couple of days early, you kind of go through practices and things like that. So you're really spending more time uh, with with the freshmen than you have the the other players, you know, the upperclassmen that get there. And you kind of go through that, you know, you got to got to prove yourself thing. So they kind of put you through the ringer, you know, in different ways, whether it's on the field or or off the field. And sure. something else that kind of stuck with me, which is funny, I just kind of popped into my mind is that I'd never shave, shave my head uh, prior, you know, to going to, to college. <laughs> so part of it was like, you know, you're a freshman. It's like they just shave your head. And I remember this guy gave me like the worst like hair cut ever it was so bad with the clippers is that i felt like a, a sharp pain i was like did, did you just cut me no man no i didn't do that. And I, like you know I touched the back of my head and i'm just like i, I see like blood you cut hair. me yeah so basically but what's funny is that i uh ever since then i've shaved my head it's really? kind of stuck with me. Yeah. I was like, you know what? This is an easy look to keep up. I can do it myself. Don't have to go to the barbershop. I'm just going to keep it up. So it did kind of stick with me all these many years. Later. And it's and it's always trendy. There's mm-hmm. always going to be yep. bald men. Always. Whether yep. shaven or, mm-hmm. you know, natural. But, yeah, it's always going to be trendy. We're not going to find any, you know, flashback pictures of you with, you know, crazy <laughs> jazzy Jeff hair. <laughs> <laughs> right you won't (laughs) so eric following college man you enter financial services you work for not just one not just two but three different five fortune 500 companies but yet you weren't content you you started writing for different fantasy sports platforms fantasy pros um pfn the athletic why not just be content doing financial services you are obviously working at some great companies at the time Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of touch on that. So I, um, 
think about where to start. So, okay, here's one thing. I'm always big about uh, mentioning this, and I'll do it again. I sold Cutco in college to be able to make some money, you know, during the uh, off season because you can't work during the school year. NCAA things are a lot different now, but you know, we'll, we won't go there. Yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> so I ended up selling uh, Cutco for Vector Marketing. I had a lot of success with it, so that kind of got my kind of sales itch. Where I worked quite a bit with them as like a uh, you know, sales rep, assistant manager, uh, branch manager, where I ran my own office. I just didn't want to do that uh, like professionally once I kind of wrapped up school. So that kind of got me my, my marketing itch. So I did have a short stint selling beer, wine, and spirits uh, in the New Orleans area, you know, for a distributor, Glazers, you know, great job. Hurricane Katrina obviously hit, ended up moving mm-hmm. to uh, to Dallas at that time. And, and I remember recruiters like, you know what, if you did that well selling Cutco, you do really well in our financial services, you know, as like, like an advisor. So I went through that whole process of getting all those different licenses, you know, series seven, series 66, oh, you yeah. know, life and health insurance license, you know, all, you know, all that kind of stuff. But once I kind of got in the, in the thick of the industry, it's a very tough industry, especially if you're in a, a commission type role, you know, cause you're, you know, you have to try to build like a book of business and it'll be a little bit different now if this was Eric today, kind of trying to build that business yeah. but back then it's it's young eric uh baby face eric for where you know I'm, I'm talking to like these 50 or 60 year olds he's like you know what you know i'm an advisor at xyz company i love to be able to earn your business you know i'm just kind of paraphrasing here but you know why don't you give me like a you know like a million dollars that i can manage for you <laughs> right it's like the, the odds of success are very low unless you're partnering like with other senior advisors and teams but I got to the point just after being in the industry for a couple of years uh, for where, you know, I was at the point where I was like, you know what, if, if I don't find the success I'm looking for, you know, I'm going to leave the industry altogether. And so I ended up working with a, uh, like with a USAA for quite a bit uh, for about eight to nine years. Oh, and I'm, wow. I'm getting to the fantasy part. I'm going to get there. You'll see how this all <laughs> no, It's for where um, I worked with them. And I was telling my wife, like, Trina, I was like, you know what, if this doesn't like work, company I'm, I'm getting out of this this industry i don't know what i'm gonna go to mm-hmm. uh but I'll, I'll figure it out and you know got the got the usaa um great company uh you know great membership that you're that you're working with and had a lot of success you know i was really one of their uh, one of their top uh uh advisors and wanted to get into leadership and management you know kind of help train you know, coach people that's something i'm very passionate about and i try to translate that to what i'm doing now if someone's just looking for advice or guidance or just best practices i'm, I'm all, always love those conversations those kind of coaching and development conversations so i had a lot of success but then you know, i had a buddy obviously uh before getting the usaa that kind of got me hooked into uh fantasy football and so you know, answering questions and things on Twitter. But what I noticed was that I, um, I really like giving like advice. That's what ultimately kind of led me to Twitter mm-hmm. or just talking about it. But the the one thing like the financial services with all these different licenses and things that you have, I just can't necessarily put a tweet out and saying, you know what, I recommend XYZ company because it's blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 all the licenses. You, you can't put yourself out there like that. Different companies have different restrictions, things that you can and cannot do. So I was like, well, you know, I can I can kind of translate that to to fantasy sports. And I'll kind of close the loop on this and pass it back to you, Seth, is that um, I always think it's important, especially if you have like a, you know, kind of like a nine to five that's like that, is to kind of have something else on the side that you're that you're passionate about for where if you do have like a fork in the road, whether it's five years later or 10 years later, it could, there's always a different path that you could take yeah. potentially. And that's what ultimately happened with me is for where I was at a point for where I had a fork in the road. So it was either continue going down that path or you can go down the path of sports media. And ultimately I chose sports media. So, but anyway, Seth, I'll pass it back to you. <laughs> no, that's, that's wonderful, Eric, because I, I think we've all, you know, a lot, a lot of content creators in this industry, mm-hmm. we face that decision. I face that decision kind of earlier this year doing higher education media um, and then ultimately decide to leave to fully pursue this. But what led you to that decision, Eric, where, you know, you were doing fantasy sports, probably, you know, part time. And then you eventually like that leap is terrifying. I've gone through it. I know a ton of people have gone through it. Um, Jen and Nate, you've really gone through it as well. So, so Eric, what was that leap like and what really made the ultimate decision for you? Yeah, it was, um, it's just a lot, not to get into into detail, it, but mm-hmm. it's a it was a lot of changes that happened, uh, you know, at the company that I was at at the time, you know, USAA that uh, 
that that really kind of prompted the change for me to kind of consider taking that fork like in the road mm-hmm. and you know I'll kind of tie into that but I, I think what's important is that uh I'll kind of take a step back before going forward is that I think if you approach like your content creation career like as a business like from day one whether it's from like social media the relationships that you build the work that you do you know what does your body of work overall look like how do you showcase that whether it's linkedin you know you have your own kind of personal you know website that has links to your content uh all those different things kind of play a part because i kind of look at it instead of saying like you know i'm doing networking i look at it as more like making friends because your body of work will speak for itself if you do high quality work and you know, don't miss deadlines, you know, do what you say you're going to do. You kind of build up your, um, uh, I guess your brand, as they say, you know, that way, you know, by doing that. And so I, I, I was doing this all these years, like from 2015 to about 2021 for oh, where, wow. um, you know, that's, that's how kind of long I've been doing this probably published at this point, like at least from 2015 to 2021, probably well over like 500 plus articles, you know, mm-hmm. just a lot of, a lot of grinding, uh, a lot of work, you know, a lot of podcasts, a lot of live streams. And so I got to the point for where I was like, the body of work is here. I just need to wait for the right opportunity, you know, to uh, to come along to kind of to pursue this. And uh, it was actually going into uh, last summer where the opportunity with Pro Football Network uh, came up for where that was kind of the first steps of putting those kind of toes in the water and ultimately taking the exit off the interstate, I would say, (laughs) you know, down to sports media. And so um, with that opportunity, kind of, um, you know, being in that role, you know, doing podcasts even more, um, you know, lots of content with everything else that I had done before kind of opened up the door, like with, uh, like with ESPN where mm-hmm. kind of had conversations with them. They ultimately, you know, brought me on. And so that was really at the point for me where it's like, I think I can fully exit, uh, you know, the highway now and leave, you know, financial services like behind. So to bring all that together for me, it was really about, the right opportunity, but it had to be at the right time. That time frame really just didn't occur until, you know, summer of uh, of 2021, just for all those stars to properly like align. If that makes sense, it absolutely, absolutely makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially any of us who got into this industry mm-hmm. uh, really started to dig their claws in uh, on, mm-hmm. on a more um, intense level during mm-hmm. the lockdown and COVID and pandemic and all that stuff, like yeah. that 1000% makes sense. Yeah. One thing I would add is that, cause I get asked this question a lot is that it's uh, you just have to be, you have to be really patient. And I think that's mm-hmm. yes. just depending like yes. on your age and what you've gone through, your levels of patience can be different. <laughs> I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, you know, you just have to be patient because things don't necessarily happen overnight. What's different now than it was when I first started creating content is that like with the uh, proliferation of sports betting and all these different states, oh, yeah. it's really created uh, more job opportunities, which is great, you know, for the industry. But before, like a full time role in the industry was few and far between. You know, just mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of those opportunities that popped up. But again, you know, if you if that's ultimately a goal that you have, you know, you just you just keep you just keep at it uh, because ultimately you want to get to the point for where you've got all your your work and content and things that are out there for where it kind of speaks for itself. And, and it's kind of selling you behind the scenes for where you don't necessarily have to do it like with your with your own words. And that's ultimately where you want to get to. And that's what I try to help uh, at least newer content creators kind of understand kind of the approach to, to take to get there. But I think patience is something that's, that's really, you know, really important. You got to have patience. Yeah. I've been, I've been having a couple of conversations with a couple of newer content creators myself, and it, it really is preaching that patience, man. It's so hard. And like so many people put their heart and soul into something and not to get, you know, a lot of viewers at one point or, you know, as many clicks or followers at once it can be mm-hmm. discouraging especially when you see other people you know maybe moving up quicker than you are but mm-hmm. i mean believe in yourself believe in in your mission and stay true to who you are you know a lot of yeah. people they go out on this they kind of lose faith in in what they really got into this for here at in between media we always talk about it we want to help people win championships but we also want to have people living a better life and just you know loving it a little bit more um mm-hmm. so that's really been our goal and you know I think Nate and Jen, we all we all kind of keep each other in check here a little bit, you know, and we have to remind each other of that goal. Hey, 
you know, maybe this this episode didn't get as many, you know, likes or views as we wanted. But at the end of the day, someone watched it. Someone took something away from it. Um, so always a great reminder to have there, Eric. I appreciate that. Yeah. One other thing I would add is that uh, I think it helps to be really transparent with, with, what, with what you want. And what I mean by that is not necessarily, you know, go into social media and, and blasting it out there. Like, I want to work in the industry full time or this or that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying is that be transparent with those that you're building relationships with, whether it's like your editors that you have or, um, you know, just other people that you're working with closely. Kind of have that conversation behind the scenes, because if they know that's what you're looking for, you know, if they get asked a question, well, hey, tell me about, you know, John Doe or Jane Doe. Yeah. You know, they can they can kind of help tell the story. And I think that's important. Uh, and we'll probably kind of get to that in a little bit with kind of ESPN and all that but I think it's I think it's important just to kind of have uh you know your kind of your mentors or people that you you kind of are in the trenches with to understand it's like hey here's here's what I'm looking for so you know if something pops up you know just you know put in a good word for me and, yeah that's yeah. such a good point I yeah. mean I came from um residential property management and yeah. <laughs> um it was interesting when I would have a team member come to me and say, Hey, I'd I'd really be interested in moving up. And I'm like, I had no idea. And then, you know, you can work with that person on that path. And then when opportunities come available, like you said, (laughs) you've already got this person in the back of your head who maybe might be a good fit or whatever, but yeah, being transparent in that way as a person also knowing yourself saying, Hey, this is what I want. These are my goals. Um, is really important. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be doing any of the things I'm doing if I didn't do that on an almost daily basis. It's very important. That's fantastic mm-hmm. advice. Yeah, absolutely. And and Eric, I do want to touch about you on a little bit more about you kind of, you know, coming into ESPN. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think it was su- such a, a great opportunity for you because that mm-hmm. team is one of the most iconic fantasy football teams around. You have Field Yates, Matthew Berry, Mike yeah. Clay, I mean, Stefania Bell, just an absolutely iconic yeah. team there, and you joined them. So what was that like at first, um, and, yeah. and what's kind of been your experience since you've been there as well? Yeah, it's um, – I was trying to think about where to uh, – like where where to start is that um, – let me pause for a second. So it was, it was kind of one of those one of those situations for where – and I think this ties back into uh, like with, with the sports betting piece because it's created – more of a demand for sports yeah. betting content and content in general. So I think that was, was one reason for where I, I guess the, the opportunity kind of came about because they, they did need to add someone that can cover uh, a lot of different bases. You know, I'll kind of touch on that. I think that's probably the, the biggest takeaway from this. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think for someone that's listening where they're like, okay, well, how can that help me? You know, I want to try to give you some nuggets too is for where, and I've mentioned this before, and some people have taken action on it. I, I think the more sports that you can cover, but don't don't spread yourself too thin. You yeah. know what capacity that you can handle. It's just like with lifting weights. It's like you're not going to bench 315 pounds the first time you go into the gym, but you know if you, you can work towards that. And so I think if you can cover kind of multiple sports, you know that helps. You know, covering uh, sports betting and, and the fantasy side of it because it just shows you're versatile. You can do you kind of more things. And I think for the void that. Uh, the team at ESPN needed to fill. I, I think those were some gaps that, that that I could fill, and so it's all about, um, you know, with the content that you're doing or the things you want to add on. You know, with the places that you're working with now, uh, I think that makes a big difference. Like it, it was huge for me, at least personally, to be able to uh, to write about fantasy basketball. I know Rotoballer, you know, gave me that opportunity to do that DFS column. I know the Athletic mm-hmm. allowed me to do some preseason stuff, but still, it's it, additional eyes for where. You're like, okay, all right, he's done the fantasy football stuff. Now he's doing fantasy basketball and being able to weave sports betting in there. Cause I, I didn't even really realize this at first, but, um, you know, some of the people that, that I report to now, I'm like, they've been following me on Twitter for quite some time. You know, you get mm-hmm. all those notifications and things, but you just don't, sometimes you just don't really pay attention to who's yeah. like following you because they all like pop up. You're like, okay, I've got, you know, 10,000 followers now. Great. But you're not looking at every single name. <laughs> You know, yeah. that that hits your dashboard. And so all that little stuff like that, again, it's kind of still selling yourself, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, I just want to kind of plug that in there for someone that's listening. But to answer your fully answer your question, Seth, about the uh, 
you know, kind of the, the process, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, it was, uh, it was very like surreal. You know, I still remember, uh, I still remember that, that day for where, yeah. you know, you're kind of having a few conversations kind of leading up to things, but you know, you just don't know if anything's really going to going to pan out, you know, you're, you're meeting Absolutely. people, talking with people, you know, kind of selling yourself in a way, Hey, here's what I can do. You know, here's what I'm about, et cetera. But, uh, you know, once you actually get the, the communication, it was all like really like surreal. So I remember, uh, you know, kind of getting, you know, like an email, uh, from someone didn't recognize the name, but then once you see like kind of ESPN on it and then you kind of look further to see, okay, this is the role that this person has. Mm-hmm. It's like, in, in your oh, mind, you're oh, like, you're, you're like, oh, you're like, oh, you know what? It's, uh, I think this is really going to happen. <laughs> so then you kind of go have those conversations and you'll get onboarded and, and everything there. But, uh, I think it's all always, uh, professional, uh, to, to make sure you close the loop on it, everything else that you have that's going on. And that's something that I've done like with, uh, every, you know, every role that I, that I have, like whenever I was first started working with pro football network, I, uh, you know, kind of closed the loop on all the articles that I committed to with those editors. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is going to be my last batch of content. I'm going to get it over to you. And then I'll, I'll, I'll announce it like after, you know, afterwards. And so I ended up, you know, doing that. So kind of closing the loop on all those places that I wrote for, you know, did the same thing too with, uh, with pro football network. Cause I, I did appreciate the opportunity that they provided me for where, you know, I've mentioned to them, you know, I put my two week notice in, fulfilled all my content obligations, you know, kind of let the team know, I'm like, hey, please keep it on the down low. So yeah. I wasn't really able to announce it to like my first day, like on social media and, um, you know, kind of saying goodbyes, you know, closing the loop, you know, on all these pieces of content and then uh, kind of making, you know, making making the move. But the um, again, I, I think the the onboarding process was pretty straightforward. It's not like I haven't written like content before, but mm-hmm. every place I've written and prepared content for, they do things like a little bit differently. So there's a little bit of growing pains there, kind of learning kind of their different processes and kind of assimilating that into the things that I've already done. Um, but you know, I've done podcasts before, you know, I've done TV, you know, I've done live streams. And so those skills, you know, translate, you know, well to whatever role, you know, that, that you're in. So I felt like personally, you know, I really just hit, hit the ground, you know, running. So it was, uh, and it's still kind of the same way now it's, you know, fantasy basketball content, uh, sports betting, you know, getting those picks in same thing for NFL. you got fantasy columns, you've got, uh, betting picks to get in and, when those sports are in the off season, you've got off season content responsibilities yeah. and things to do, you know, then you've got, you know, rankings and, and all those things, you know, like Matthew Barry puts his rankings in, you know, yeah. Mike Clay, you know, I've got to oh. put mine in, you know, field Gates, you know, the, the whole, the yeah. whole team. And so all those other things that they're doing, um, you know, I would have to do those things too. Uh, for down the road, we'll see, you know, I'd love to get more involved, like with the, uh, you know, the fantasy focus show and, and, and everything there. Uh, you know, I've done stuff on daily wager, um, you know, as well. So I've kind of done stuff on TV, live streams, you know, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. So it's essentially like the same things I've been doing before, but it's good yeah. just to kind of consolidate that all to one, I guess, umbrella. So hopefully that answers the question. Mm-hmm. I bounce yeah. around there a little bit, man. No, that was so, amazing. So does your wife watch when you're live? Does she watch when you're doing live streams? How does she support you through all of that? <laughs> Yeah, no, she, uh, yeah, she has been a, uh, a trooper. So yeah, my, my wife, Trina is the, uh, it's my biggest supporter and, uh, and, and fan. So she was, uh, she was just like, once I mentioned to her about the news, like the SPN, like I called her and I was just like, I heard, I heard back from them. I think they want me to come on board. <laughs> and, uh, she, was, she was like, she was shocked. Cause it's just like, just thinking about the journey, you know, for where all this is gone, you know, just from contributing, you know, articles and things like that. So she's always been like my you know, biggest supporter, you know, what do you need from me and all that kind of stuff, whether it's, so I'm going to hop on this podcast, you mind watching the kids for like an hour or, yeah. you know, I was going to try to, you know, get this content and stuff done, or I'm going to try to get to bed early to wake up early in the morning to do it. So either uh, before doing this full time, I would do a lot of my content like late at night or early in the morning. Yeah. So she's always been pretty uh, supportive and, uh, and flexible, uh, you know, with that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting journey. It's been exciting to kind of go through uh, go through this together. And Jen, you asked something else, didn't you? I'm sorry. Didn't you ask something else on that question? Oh, I just asked if she ever watches you yeah. when oh, you're live yes. and when you're doing Fun, this. Funny story here. So, uh, you know, if doing like the uh, the segments like on on the daily wager is always is always fun because it's uh, it's live, and 
even when you know you're not physically like speaking you know about something you're you're still you're there you can see the broadcast yeah. you've got people kind of speaking in your ear but what was funny because the kids just got off from school you know so i did the daily wager and stuff last week and so i'm like all right i'm gonna go up there and record all right and so they're like all right we'll watch you so they were like kind of downstairs you know kind of doing their thing and, and they they were watching it <laughs> so as i was recording <laughs> it up here they were uh, they were watching it uh kind of watching it live so i thought that was kind of surreal because that was like the first time i've ever recorded it for where are they physically all have been here so that was kind of that was kind of a funny moment <laughs> that's awesome though we that have, is really Nate awesome i have a four-year-old yeah. and uh will watch when nate yeah. is live we'll, we'll mm-hmm. we're, we're there to cheer on and jackson yeah. sometimes even joins in if he's know. hopped on a few with me it's yeah. pretty adorable yeah <laughs> Eric, so we, we try to support each other as much as we can yeah, in that exactly. in that regards did you guys do any celebrating the night you, you heard from ESPN? Did did she also ask, what can I pick up from the liquor store that night as well? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember what we uh, kind of what, what we did that night. I know we just uh, I'm trying to remember if we went out to to dinner or what. But I just remember like we were kind of outside talking about it. The kids were like playing like outside in front of the house, yeah. like riding their bikes and and stuff like that. And we were just kind of, uh, you know, kind of talking about it. You know, I do remember letting them know, you know, let me, you know, talk about it with, you know, with my wife and mm-hmm. we'll get back to you, you know, no later than tomorrow. So, you know, we talked. I basically got back to them that same day. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we want to talk about it and talk through it. But, yeah, so I don't think it was anything really major. It was just, uh, you know, feeling very you know, excited and uh, obviously feeling very, uh, you know, very blessed. And so I know one thing I always try to do to kind of pay it forward to, to others who have uh, – aspirations of working in the industry full-time is pass whatever wisdom or advice things that helped help me along the way to kind of pass that along to them so i know that's something i'm passionate about Open do your neighbor man. do your neighbors know what you do for a living no they they don't it's nothing that i really like uh i really bring up you know mm-hmm. so i just you know if they just ask you know i'm like hey work in sports media if they ask well who do you work you know with you know i'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let them i'll let them know but it's nothing that i'm out there like actively like campaigning but what was funny you don't was, have uh, a sign in your front lawn no, no i, I work for espn no don't have that or like the vanity license plate or anything like yes that. But, uh, but it, it's funny it's like a lot of people like on linkedin because I'm, I'm pretty active on linkedin so if anyone that's watching or listening is uh big on linkedin you know hey just reach out to me to follow me there as well I, you know, actually pretty active, you know, I'll uh, send posts and things out, but I know a lot of people reached out, uh, reached out there because they did send out like a, like a press release. And so between like that press release and my tweet that I sent out, you know, that, you know, Matthew Berry retweeted and Field Yates because a lot of folks that I know at uh, my previous jobs yeah. are really big fantasy football people. And a lot of them know that I, um, that I, I do write about it. So I had a lot of people reach out like on text or, uh, like on LinkedIn or just sent me an email and stuff like that. So I think most people kind of found out that way. Cause I think the impressions on that tweet were, uh, it was pretty high. I think it was like a 1.2 million impressions. Ooh, so, wow. Kind yeah. of the floodgates, uh, kind of poured open once that thing was out there. So little well, media yeah. mogul out here, Eric Moody, media mogul. I believe <laughs> right. <it>. right. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, what other questions you got here for Eric so, before we jump into back in the day? I just want to know outside of football and work, like what's the Eric vibe? What are, what are you doing when you're not focusing on content and watching sports? Yeah. Cause the, the content creation and watching does take up a, uh, a lot of time, but I'll say some other things that I'm passionate about is, um, you know, I, I love watching, you know, kind of like movies, streaming shows, you know, I love kind of breaking those things down, kind of looking like at Easter eggs uh, and really yeah. just kind of giving like an opinion. And that's something I may end up doing more of like on Twitter, but I'm also big in the music. Uh, you know, I love music, you know, hard rock, you know, heavy metal and classic rock, you know, jazz blues, only genre. I'm not really that big into, sorry if you're a fan, but I just, I just can't really get into country. It's just, oh, I knew you were going to say it, man. You're breaking my not, heart over here. Eric. Not, not, not my jam, but uh, it's, you know, Hey, respect those that are into it's just just not for me so i would say like music and kind of watching shows those things are things that i'm uh, passionate about but just just kind of relaxing like and hanging out like i just like the outdoors so if i'm out there sitting in like a chair and uh, <laughs> i saw that <laughs> <laughs> 
I was trying to come up with something in my in my mind too. Like, what can yeah. I come up with? For for, uh, for audio listeners only, mood ESPN vanity play incoming. Gary Zam says on YouTube, <laughs> oh. that's perfect. That's perfect. That is hilarious. But just just really just answer the question fully. Just like really relaxing. And just kind of mm-hmm. uh, you know, just kind of hanging out. That's always been kind of my uh, kind of my thing. Like if I'm sitting there outside, you know, I've got like a glass of iced tea, like in my hand, or a glass of wine, or something like that. Just kind of sitting there, just kind of hearing like the the wind blow, and just quiet. Like I'm um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'll, I'll summarize it this way. It's like maybe me 15 to 20 years ago, you know, kind of wanted like the like the condo, like in the city, or like the yeah the big mm-hmm. mansion type thing and the sports car and stuff like that. But it's like me now just wants like a, like a nice house, modest house, like in the mountains where I don't have neighbors that are like, I need like a thousand feet on each side yeah. and like no neighbors where I can't see a house that that's me now. So, you know, it's kind of how I am. Yes, sir. Well, Eric, we appreciate you giving us a little insight on uh, not just what you're doing now, but the whole journey there. So much great insight. Thank you so much for bringing that to us. We greatly appreciate it. And we wish you luck, man. Like you're, you're absolutely crushing it now as it is. Um, but we wish you a long, successful uh, career there. I, I know Matthew and Field, those those guys are a handful to deal with. So I'm sure they'll keep you busy up there. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they keep me busy. You know, it's just just Wow, it's crazy. And Mike Clay, too, let me tell you. Oh, <laughs> Kutztown Zone, baby. Kutztown Zone, Mike Clay. Uh, Eric, we dr- greatly appreciate it. Um, we're going to ask you a little more um, about uh, some of the yeah. opinions you have about some older music, um, some current fantasy football stuff as well. Um, yeah, in our next do. segment, Back in the Day. Let's hit it. They ain't make them like this way back in the day. I took a shot, couldn't miss way back in the day. Couldn't predict how it could all change. Don't you ever forget how far we came. Right back in the day, guys. Before we move on, I do want to give a shout out to we have a lot of great drops, a lot of great original music here at In Between Media. Thanks to our guy Nate Miller, he's at ISM on all streaming platforms. That's probably my favorite drop he's ever done for us. I don't know why, but like that's one that honestly, if that was a full song, auto auto shuffle right to that every day, baby. He puts out good yeah, work, awesome. man. Absolutely. I just can't believe you let him put that one handed Jerry Rice catch against your Steelers in there. <laughs> Uh, it's all right, man. We, we, we learn to forget, especially when I think that was at least 10 years before I was born or close to it. Oh, <laughs> oh Seth. <laughs> so, so speaking of throwbacks to uh, before yes. Seth was born. Yes, absolutely. Guys, back in the day, this is kind of our segment on throwing it back a little bit. Um, mix of fantasy football advice, mix of pop culture, whatever else we can mix in on it. So, Eric, I want to start here, man. You are kind of a movie buff. I often see your movie reviews out on Twitter. They actually influence me on watching or not watching some movies. So I will I will give you that credit there. What is your all-time favorite movie, though, bro? Yeah, I would say my all-time favorite. It's um, It just keeps popping up for me. It's really like the uh, Shawshank Redemption. So Okay. Uh, it's just really very well-made film. You know, great, you know, great cast. Um I like the changes that were made from uh, Stephen King's book, you know, for the uh, for the movie, and it's just surprising that it didn't do, I guess, as well, like at the box office or um, like at the Academy Awards. But it, it's basically a cult classic now. So anytime it's on, if I see it on, I, ha- I have to watch it. So I've awesome. never seen it. Another one I've never seen, but you it's been coming it. up a lot. Um, I was just listening to a podcast where they were talking mm-hmm. about it. I was like. I need to find this movie somewhere streaming. Um, unfortunately, it's not streaming for free anywhere right now, but I'm keeping an eye out for it because I really would like to yeah. to watch that movie. You guys, I promise we've seen most movies. You just have to bring up two movie buffs. Like, you go to the movie theater like every other week. I'm surprised. Yeah, we, go, we, go, we go every week. We every go week. pretty much every Friday to see a movie. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. Well, <laughs> apparently you didn't. When did Shawshank? What what year was that movie, Eric? That was in uh, 1994, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay, I was 12, so that's... So, yeah, we weren't allowed to watch it when it first came out, but <laughs> okay. it, we should have seen it since then. Yes. We definitely absolutely. should have. But that absolutely. was in the time of, like, Blockbuster. If, if it wasn't at Blockbuster, your local movie place, you weren't going to you weren't gonna be able to see it. Like, it wasn't it wasn't readily available, so we kind of hit that gap. Jen, of, I'm like... just hearing excuses here, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, sticking with uh, on-screen, man, what was your favorite cartoon as a kid? Um, I'm actually not sure when you were born, but 80s, 90s, early 2000s, they all had absolute bangers. So yeah. what was your favorite one during that time? So it's only it's only one answer to this question. It's uh, Batman the Animated Series. Ooh. Such a gem. <laughs> Such a gem. Still holds up well today. So I've heard that. I've, I was actually in, in a film class in college, and they had us watch watch the the first episode that and that was constantly brought up as like the animated series when it comes to like the top ones out there. Yeah, no, it's it, it's great. Yeah, it's uh still holds up, still holds up well. I know I've kind of watched some of the episodes with my son to be able to kind of watch watch through them again. But yeah, if you haven't seen it, you know, highly I highly recommend it. Yeah, really great series. So, is that on Disney Plus? Is that a Disney Plus thing now? That's uh, HBO Max, I believe. Yeah, I okay. think it's on HBO Max. Yeah, they've got all the uh, the Warner Brothers, you know, DC stuff over there. Damn, all the good stuffs on HBO Max. So I've been it's true. I've been hearing that from everyone lately. It's that's it's not like a all bad I watch. streaming service. Yeah, it, it's it's solid. They've got if you're big in the movies and uh, especially some of the the older movies like from the 80s and 90s, you know, early 2000s. Yeah, they got some really good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Eric, what about your favorite video game? I don't know if you play much video games anymore, mm-hmm. but like, what's your favorite video game? Probably like 2010 and before. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's a tough question. Uh, one that always comes to mind for me is uh, Legend of Zelda: The Ocarina of Time. That was just such a well-made okay. game, and uh, I think it still holds up. Still holds up pretty well. I know they've got it on the uh, my son's on Nintendo Switch. They've got it where you could if you got like an online subscription you can get like all the old uh, mm-hmm. uh nintendo 64 and nintendo games super nintendo games and I, I think it's on there i actually thought about kind of kind of playing it maybe like 15 to 20 minutes each night to kind of relive that but yeah that's one that always comes to mind for me that's awesome N- nate did you play that game at all no the last one i played was link the legend of zelda that came in the gold case on the original nintendo <clears throat> it was the first game that ever saved that saved your progress Really? Damn. Damn, Cuddy. I wasn't good at it, just to be clear. <laughs> no, you don't seem like you have the patience enough for that type of game, Nate. No offense. No, I never beat the original Mario Brothers, because again, I just, when we were kids, like to Eric's point, I always just wanted to run outside and play. It's like, yep. why am I, pl- unless you could get me into Tecmo Super Bowl, bases loaded, or RBI baseball, then I was good to go. But other than that, get me outside. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I had Madden franchises as a kid, so that absolutely kept me like cooked up for a minute. That shit was awesome. Absolutely <laughs> awesome. Um, Eric, moving forward, though, last question as far as uh, throwback culture here. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite album um, pre-2010? I'm sure this is probably aligned with something Nate and Jen love because they're into the hard rock, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's, um, it's a Led Zeppelin album. It's uh, Houses of the Holy. Oh, that was always my favorite album by them. And a lot of people look at, you know, Led Zeppelin 4 is like, oh, yeah, Led Zeppelin 4 is great. Yeah. And even Led Zeppelin 1, their debut album was good. But for me, it's really like Houses of the Holy. It's just such a uh, a great album. You know, the opening, you know, the song remains the same and just the rain song and just capping it off with, uh, you know, the ocean. So it's just I, I think it's their best album, like in my opinion. I completely yeah. agree. And I love mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin. Love Led Zeppelin. Yes, that is it's by... Four is a good album, but mm-hmm. Stairway to Heaven kind of like, I don't know, it's an overrated album because of Stairway to Heaven, in yeah. my opinion. I'd agree with that. I'll give you guys another fun fact. I know we've got you know, limited time, but um, let's say a uh, fun fact is uh, like I, I play bass guitar. And so like I've learned like so many Led Zeppelin songs like on bass. And so it really makes me appreciate the band like even more of kind of learning the structure of those songs what you know john paul jones was able to do so yeah such a great man amazing man honestly i feel like at some time if you ever have time we'll have to get you on our youtube show the backtracks with nate um he kind of breaks down music from 
from different genres, different eras. And I feel like you'd fit right in with that crowd because it seems like you're just a wealth of whether it's it's music or video games, movies, you're kind of a, a wealth of of overall pop culture knowledge, man. It's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Love to come on. Yeah. Send me the invite. Awesome. I will. You awesome. know I will. Well, yeah. Eric, let's go ahead and, and shift here into the last eight or 10 minutes that we have left with you um, into fantasy football. There's been a lot of talk recently on the Twitter sphere. Um, rookie RBs. It's still a discussion going around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Who do you compare Brees Hall to? He is the rookie RB1. He's going right now uh, in underdog drafts about ADP of RB18. So I think it's a fair price. I, I put out a tweet the other day that I think it's a fair price considering um, every year since 2019 in the last five years, we've had a rookie RB finish as an RB1. Um, we even had Saquon back in 2018 finish as the overall RB1. So there's a yeah. lot of upside here. We're kind of, we've always been team Michael Carter here at IBT, but things have changed since then. So, so who do you best compare Brees Hall to when you're kind of looking around at just past running backs? And are you interested in him at his current ADP as well? Yeah, no, I, I like Hall. He kind of reminds me a lot of uh, like Matt Forte, just thinking about oh, like his skill set. That's a good con. You know, yeah. it's pretty lethal, you know, as a as a runner in between the tackles and as a receiver out of the backfield. And so I do I do like Hall like at his ADP because you're you're looking at a running back that I'm just thinking based on like projections, you know, he's someone that can easily see around you know 270 or more touches in that in that backfield. It's still a committee with Michael Carter, but you know, I do like Hall like quite a bit. And he's uh, he's someone I think that can easily finish as a mid to low range, like RB2. So I think he can help your fantasy team this year. Yeah, I think everybody's fading fading Carter right now unnecessarily yeah. in favor of, of Brees Hall. I don't doubt his his uh, his abilities and his talent, but, yeah, I agree with you. I hope so because we accidentally auto-drafted in one of our eliminators <laughs> recently that Nate and Jen and I, we all control the team over Memorial Day weekend. We got auto-drafted Brees Hall pretty early, but – I was like, hey, guys, I'll take it at the ADP we okay, got him. It wasn't a bad one. Um, Eric, you like the Jets, though. You think the Jets might be a little frisky this year with me? Sad. <laughs> yeah, <I'm>, Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, when I look at, like, the Jets, like, I'm, I'm looking at this solely, like, from, like, a fantasy lens. It's like, I'll, I'll give you a quick take. It's like, you look at Zach Wilson. Uh, I think he's someone that they can definitely have some QB1 weeks. I think he's a solid uh, QB2, you know, with upside. You got Brees Hall, you know, he's a you know, solid RB2. Michael Carter, you know, the Jens point, you know, could be a, um, I think, a, a solid, like, flex option. You look at the receivers, you know, you got, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson that's there, you know, Elijah Moore. Oh. Elijah Moore is like a solid, you know, wide receiver. Oh, three. Yeah. So they've, they've got they've got some pieces, you know, that are there. I'm not saying they're going to win that division or make a deep playoff run, <laughs> right. but I think from fantasy, they could be some underappreciated players on that team that can help you this year thank you thank you that's all i've been saying eric that's all i've been saying at the adps nate's been over here absolutely destroying me the last couple weeks for for saying it's also fun because i love you you're like my brother i have to give you a (laughs) little bit of crap i'm on a jets kick though right now i'm on a jets kick their adp is too good right now for me to pass up reese hall garrett wilson so I'll mess around with Mike LaFleur offense. I have a little thing for Mike LaFleur offense. Always have, always will. Fair Nate, enough. however, I did want to move forward here because, Nate, you've kind of been all over Justin Fields this offseason. You were last year as well. I think Zach Wilson might be a quarterback that could take a big step forward here in year two. But, Eric, over the last couple of years, we've really seen a quarterback each season take a huge step forward both in, in real life football and as fantasy production as well. Yeah. Joe Burrow seemed like the you know odds on favorite to do it last year. He delivered. We've seen it with Kyler Murray. Lamar Jackson took a huge leap in 2019. Um, who are you thinking that it's going to be this year, that undervalued quarterback that's really going to take a step here in year two or three? Yeah, like you you mentioned like one name that I was, uh, you know, I was definitely intrigued by was with uh, Justin Fields. And I know a lot of people are wondering, like, well, who's he going to throw to? But yeah, I just think yeah. the, the jump that you can have, like where you have a player that's a rookie going into their uh, second season or if it's a second-year player going into their third season, whatever it may be, I just think we underestimate the uh, the power of, like, an NFL, like, offseason 
and then just the additional rapport that they could build like with their uh, with their playmakers. And so I think Justin Fields is one because he's someone when you look at his uh, average draft position for where he's a he's a really nice value. I think he's someone I'm comfortable, you know, kind of going to battle with as like a QB two. But he is going to give you some QB one weeks with his rushing ability. You know, you're looking at someone here for where he can easily throw for around you know, 3,700 passing yards, you know, somewhere in between, what, like 18 to 20 touchdowns, maybe 13 to 15 interceptions. But you look at the rushing yards, like he could easily run for like six to 700 yards and get a couple of additional touchdowns, which uh, will kind of offset any, like, uh, inefficiency in my opinion. So, no, I do like uh, Fields uh, quite a bit. Uh, someone else I'll just kind of close the loop on that um, I think it's a really nice value, just given what he did last season. We look at his ADP going into this season. It's really like Lamar Jackson. I think he's someone who does he does have like overall QB one like potential. But you just think about mm-hmm. what he's drafted right now. That's someone that can easily exceed expectations. Yeah, it's it's an up and down ride sometimes with Lamar Jackson, but yeah. I mean the upside is absolutely sky high. I'm interested to see what he can do with Rashad Bateman, more of a possession receiver than yeah. Hollywood Brown might have been necessarily. So. It's an interesting one down there in Baltimore. Uh, are you worried at all? No OTAs for Lamar, Lamar this year, Moody. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I did see some articles, though, this week that people were actually a little bit worried about Lamar not, not showing up to OTAs. But I think it's just that time of the year. Content's a little dry. We're people bored. Get. Yeah. Optional. Optional yeah. is the Optional. word here. Mm-hmm. Last one for you here then, Eric. Um, The longer I play fantasy football, the longer there's always a couple just absolute landmines in drafts. You know, sometimes this is just bust. Sometimes it's injuries. But more and more, it seems like it's holdouts or it's unexpected misses of seasons like last year's Michael Thomas, Deshaun Watson. Le'Veon Bell was a huge one a couple years ago, early, early pick, who ended up burying a lot of teams. We've, you know, right now we're kind of working through this period of holdouts a little bit, people not showing up to OTA. So we don't really know what's official, what's not. Deontay Johnson, he reported to camp this week. Debo is expected to be at mandatory um, mandatory training coming up. Um, no Michael Thomas so far, though. So are there any people that you, you are concerned about, whether it's a contract situation or whether it's an injury that you are absolutely avoiding that could be that big landmine this year? Yeah, I, I know a lot of people are talking about uh, Debo Samuel right now. I'm not really overly concerned like with, with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if he ultimately ends up staying with San Francisco or if some crazy scenario he gets traded, um, I think you'll still see usage and still produce since it's nothing necessarily physical with him. It's right. just like right. I want to be deployed a certain way in whatever offense I'm playing in. But you mentioned a name that I am concerned about. <laughs> that is uh that is Mr. Uh, Michael Thomas. It was such a circus with uh you know kind of how the injury situation was handled and then just some of the things he posts like on social media. It's just like a pendulum. It's like back and forth, back and forth. And I do have some uh, legitimate concerns like with his ankle injury, at least from uh kind of from what I've heard, you know, in, in the media and, you know, just different conversations with people. Uh, I think you could easily miss, you miss some games like this year. And you look at some of the, um, the other decisions that were made with, uh, you know, like with Chris Olave, uh, you know, getting drafted, you know, Jarvis Landry, mm-hmm. it just kind of indirectly tells me that it, maybe they, maybe he's not right. Or they're planning for life, like without Michael Thomas and, I think when you look at like the available targets that are there, I think Chris Olave and the Jarvis Landry will ultimately end up being like nice, nice values. Let's just say hypothetically that uh, Michael Thomas, like if he played 13 to 14 games, could see like 100 targets. I think Chris Olave is like a lock for uh, 100 or more targets. Then you got Jarvis Landry that's there who could easily see like 100. But just think about if you take Michael Thomas like out of the equation, you're looking at two receivers that could see you know 140 or more targets each and you look at their adp right now they can be really 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 nice value so i think my point of this kind of semi rant is i'm just not really aggressively targeting like michael thomas like at his average draft position i just rather not deal with the headache but when you look at uh chris alave and jarvis landry in particular like at their adp they're essentially especially landry he's like essentially free right now yep that those are the players I i would pivot to instead of thomas Completely understandable, man. Yeah. It's it's been a dog fight with Michael Thomas these last couple God, of years. Man. Man. 
so <sighs> much wasted ADP yeah. dynasty mm-hmm. roster spots just wasted. Hopefully we see a turnaround. It's a little sketchy down there in New Orleans. We, we got a report earlier this week. Jameis Winston was walking around with a little bit of a limp too. So we will see what happens there. But Eric, man, we appreciate your insight, yeah. dude. Just coming in here and absolutely tearing it up. Let's give a hand for Eric, man. Absolutely tearing it up, guys. <laughs> Two nights so in a row, I golf clapped on a show. This is nice. I like it. I'm going to try and make this a habit here. There we go. Oh. Eric, how can we best support you? How can the IBT family best help support you moving forward in your career, man? Yeah, I would say first of all, you know, hey, thanks for the invite. You know, I always love these, uh, you know, these kind of live streams, you know, podcasts, et cetera, just to be able to kind of talk about some things, uh, just not necessarily around, you know, like football, um, you know, kind of like people's journey. And I always just want to have it for where I can at least give someone that's listening like some some nuggets. But I would say, you know, if anyone has any additional questions, you know, hey, reach out to me on Twitter. You know, you can. Follow me, you know, DM me. My DMs are open at uh, Eric N. Moody. I think really the best way that you can support me, you know, is on social media, whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn. I have an Instagram account. I need to start doing more with it. I'm surprising that I have like, all. many followers <laughs> yeah. as I do, but uh, I haven't done a video. But I'd say just connect with me on social media, I think would help. And also just, you know, read all my content over at ESPN, whether it's uh, NFL uh, NBA, WNBA, fantasy, and sports betting. I've got a lot of content and things that are over there. But I just want to thank uh, thank all three of you for the invite and glad I could uh, share some wisdom to help others that are out there. But I really appreciate it. I guess until next time. Yeah, Absolutely. thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank great. you so much, Eric, Jen, and Nate. I hope you guys have a great rest of your evening as well. I know Jackson's in bed, so you guys are probably about ready ready either head there or have a couple of other ones, uh, other drinks for you tonight. But Eric, absolute pleasure having you on. I know I took a lot from this conversation. I know the IBT family out there did as well. So for Eric, Jen, and Nate, I'm Seth. Thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in. Until next time, guys, keep it in between. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. 